Coming up on today's episode of The Virtual Couch, I interview the founder and CEO of Oxbus, Dan Radin. Dan teaches me how to actually use a microphone at episode 135 of The Virtual Couch. And we also talk about the state of the podcasting industry and what it took to get Dan to start a company that is designed to create an end-to-end podcasting platform to make people even like me, who don't really know how to talk into a microphone, sound professional. That and more coming up on The Virtual Couch. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in episode 135 of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back. The Path Back is an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from the harmful effects of pornography or any type of compulsive sexual behavior. If you or anybody that you know is struggling to put pornography behind them once and for all, and trust me, it can be done, then please head over to pathbackrecovery.com. There you'll find a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. Again, that's pathbackrecovery.com. And please visit Virtual Couch on Instagram. Now you can also find a Virtual Couch page on Facebook. That is new. Previously, I was simply pointing people to Tony Overbay, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, which is also a page on Facebook. But now if you are a Facebook type of person, please take a moment and go like them both. And if you have a minute and if you've enjoyed any of the Virtual Couch podcast material, please do me a favor and go rate and review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Again, those are the currency of podcast in this day and age of podcasting, which some kind of think is the golden age, the golden age, the pioneer days. But uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more on today's episode of The Virtual Couch. So um, sit back, relax, and uh, let's get to our interview today. Okay, my interview today is with the CEO and founder of Oxbus. And uh, if you've been listening to the last two or three episodes, you'll know that I've been talking a fair amount about Oxbus. And I'm going to go into more detail on that story in this interview with Dan. But uh, again, just briefly, Oxbus is a, it's a pretty amazing product, the more that I'm learning about the behind the scenes. And Dan and I talk about this. I do not want this to sound like it's a commercial or I am a shill for the folks at Oxbus. I am getting nothing out of this. Uh, a matter of fact, I'm, I'm, it's a different way for me to, to do my podcast. And again, Dan and I talk about all of that. So I'll leave that to the interview, but, uh, just a real quick background on Dan. He is a 15 year veteran with more than 75 professional and consumer audio technology products under his belt. And uh, a lot of names that people know, Sennheiser, um, steel series, JBL, Mark Levinson, Harman, Samsung, all of these things. And, uh, you also learn a bit more about, uh, he has a very unique one of a kind podcast, which is a very hard thing to say in this day and age of where there are 700,000 podcasts. And uh, Dan has a lot of data that is just fascinating. But uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have him on today is just because I, you know, I find these, these stories fascinating. When somebody starts a company, um, I'm a bit of an entrepreneur myself. And uh, whether it's starting the podcast or I've had my hands in a, a couple of things in the technology industry, it's, uh, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of uh, guts. It, uh, it's scary to go out and start a company. And, uh, and so I'm always fascinated by that, um, the origin story. You know, it's kind of funny, a little tangent here. There are so many of those movies out that are the superhero movies, right? And I do, I'll admit, I have a really hard time following uh, who is DC and who is Marvel and all those things. But I always tell my wife, I love a good origin story. 
and uh, and I'm I'm just drawn to those. And I you know it's thing that's part of what drew me to the career change of becoming a therapist after ten years in, in computer software myself is I'm just always drawn to the what makes somebody tick. And then uh, you take that up another notch and what causes people to get outside of their comfort zone and start a company. And typically when you start a company as an entrepreneur, the ones that start something because it's something that they're passionate about or something that they just, uh, you know, they're, they're thinking about this thing all the time. They want to pour all their energy and uh, ideas, creativity into a product that those are, those are fun people to talk to just to find out what led to that. And, and uh, you know, it's typically not something where somebody just wakes up one day and says, I think I'm going to, you know, start a company and go with possibly without a salary for a while and uh, be told that uh, your idea maybe isn't a good one or it's not going to work or that sort of thing. It's like, what, what, what causes somebody to, to do that? It, it takes a lot of psychological um, grit and determination. So that's part of the reason I wanted to have Dan on. And uh, because the more that I was kind of poking around this, uh, the Oxbus plat- podcasting platform and testing it out, just the, I was Im- impressed by the response that I was getting not only from Dan um, but from uh, their, their software engineer, Ryan. And so I uh, just want to have him on. So um, I'm going to talk to Dan a little bit today, not just about uh, Oxbus and how it got started, but I learned, actually, I literally learned a lot. Uh, he taught me how to, to, how to speak into a microphone, which uh, 135 episodes in probably would have been nice to know early on. So if you are a new podcaster, please uh, pay attention to the section where Dan literally, and if you're a YouTube person, I'm going to post this video, uh, the video of our interview on YouTube. And I, 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 again, I literally, not figuratively, but literally hold the microphone up and Dan approves and tells me how to uh, talk into the microphone. And it just feels like night and day, even just uh, speaking into the microphone. But uh, so a lot of things about podcasting and uh, a whole lot of things about the podcasting industry that I've been thinking about a lot after he and I did this interview. And even though the podcasting industry is a, you know, it's a decade old or so, Boy, it, it's growing by leaps and bounds right now, and uh, Dan has some insight on where it's going, and uh, it's just it's it's exciting. It really is. So sit back, relax, enjoy this interview with Dan Raden, founder and CEO of Oxbus. When I do watch some people on YouTube or they're recording, they do look like they're eating the microphone. So you're telling me that that's that's a, actually a good thing. Yeah. So if you're in a room, so I'm in this room here that is set up to be a recording studio. You know, there's padding on the walls, there's styrofoam between the padding and the walls. So there's actually a a sort of an air gap between the, the actual physical wall and the, the, the room treatment in here. Yeah. And that helps us cut down on noise coming in from the adjacent rooms, but it also helps us reduce the reflections. So if I sit in this room and I clap, there's not a lot of slap back. Whereas if you do it in your room, oh, yeah. what does that sound like? Oh, I'm clapping for myself all the time just so that I can hear that <laughs> echo, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got it, you know, yeah, it's like everywhere, right? So there's a lot more resonance. So in this room, yeah. I can take a little more liberties. If you watch somebody in a professional studio on the radio or a simulcast, they can take a little more liberties with their mic technique. But oh, what we typically right tell people, yeah. if you're not in a treated room, the closer you can get to the mic the better you're going to sound because you're going to get more of the direct sound and less of the sound bouncing off the walls, off the ceiling, off the floor, off the table. So we tell people get between a finger and from your mouth in an untreated room and keep it off center. And the reason for that is when you make words that have plosives 
like P's and B's. Yeah. If you put your hand in front of your mouth and you say the word pop, you'll feel a blast of air hit your hand. You don't want those to hit the microphone. So having the mic dead center, like a rock and roll singer that works when there's music, but when it's just your voice, you don't want those pops. So and I have the watch, pop filter and it looks really cool, but then it I doesn't do the, it helps, doesn't it, really? but it doesn't do the whole job. You want the air to miss the microphone. Wow. So if you watch a professional broadcaster on the radio, they're typically set up off center. Dan, where were you a hundred and something episodes ago? Right. <laughs> and by the way, audio I'm, technology products. Okay. And I missed the whole opportunity padded walls in your industry versus padded walls in mine. Take on a whole new meaning. <laughs> As I saw, uh, your there's, I think walls. there's a t-shirt in there for you, for your podcast. Okay. Okay. Good. I, yeah, I can't wait. Um, so no, I mean, uh, I think you could have a, a, you know, a therapy slash audio padded walls t-shirt oh, that you can, there's gotta okay. be a bumper sticker or something there for you. All right, I might have to edit that out. So that seems exactly like my idea, you know, cause yes. that, that, that is gold right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. but okay. Now I feel really bad. I would say my guest is Dan and Dan, I've never even said your last name out loud. I'm assuming it's Radden. It's actually Dan Radin. Dang it. Okay. Yeah. See, I would edit that out too. Dan Radin. You're, you're allowed to make mistakes in podcasts. It's okay. Exactly. I think that's being vulnerable and authentic, but uh, uh, I do now feel a you. tremendous amount of pressure. And, and when you were telling me that, uh, I need to have the microphone close and that sort of thing, it, it, you're, you're just nailing my whole problem because when I am getting animated talking about some passionate topic, I'm bouncing all around the room. And in my mind, I feel like, you know, this is me, I, I soapbox moment I'm preaching, but what I'm doing is probably making audio engineers go nuts. Right. You know, uh, it's not the worst problem to have somebody who has a lot of passion and authenticity in what they say. So I'd rather have audio problems to fix, but great content than really amazing audio and nothing to say. So I don't think you have that problem. Okay. That's I, you, you, you are being my therapist now, Dan, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Come sit so down on whole, my couch. The whole, <laughs> that's right. the whole way I got to know Dan is it, it, to me, it's uh, as an entrepreneur, as someone who did time in software and, and hardware before I went back and became a therapist. I was just so impressed with, uh, um, I mean, I might, I mean, I, I'll tell the story now if you're okay. And then I want to get to you, but I'm, I'm reading pod news. It comes across my desk at 4am, I think in California, I'm at my office and trying to write and I was supposed to record a podcast soon. And, and I read that it says Oxbus and that's the correct way to pronounce that. Right. Yep, that Oxbus right. has this incredible, uh, what, what do you call it? Like a recording platform or framework or what do you call yeah. it? But, you know, we, we sometimes refer to it as an app, but it's really software because it's not, you know, an app on your phone yet. Yeah. Next year, we'll probably do iPhone and Android apps. Okay. But really, it's end-to-end podcast creation in your browser. Okay, Everything I like that. Planning to recording to getting your production distribution done for you. So we're kind of automating everything except the part where you talk. Which I love. So, th- so then I hear, I see that and it says for a brief time, you can try out their system for free. I hear that word free. Uh, you know, a nice impulse control disorder kicks in. I just click right over. And honestly, I think I created an account and I was recording within about five minutes, about 40 minutes later, I'm done with the episode. And it really was neat because you have actual things that say, record the teaser, you know, record the outro, record the intro. And I really like that from a production standpoint, because I don't, I don't just kind of make that stuff up as I go along. So you Uh got this nice framework. And then as soon as I hit, um, what was it done or build, then I got that page full of, uh, data we'll call it right mm-hmm. and i panicked because i i had been you know i'm kind of joking here but i felt like man i was on a roll i recorded this this audio gold and oh what if it's all gone mm-hmm. and that sort of thing so i immediately send an email to support and i mean i feel like you guys got back to me within a few minutes do you remember that I do. It was a Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I was out at the North Carolina shore. I should mention we're in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, in the, the mountains in Western North Carolina. So it was basically the two of us, my head engineer, Ryan, 
and me. I was on vacation with my wife. It was her 30th birthday. We were away and uh, we hadn't quite gone to the beach yet because it was the morning. So Ryan and I were responding over the weekend. And, you know, for Ryan, as somebody who's responsible for actually building this thing, it's incredibly validating and exciting to have people like you who are willing to take a chance on what we've been building and putting our entire lives and money and sweat yeah. and hours and lost sleep into. So somebody like you who's willing to just take the chance and try out what we've built and give us unvarnished feedback. That's the best thing. If you're ever, for anybody who's listening, if you're ever invited to try out something, uh, an early product, be a beta tester, be an early user, all of the bad things you have to say are the things we want to hear. We don't want to hear how great we are. We want to hear what sucks and how we can fix it. I love it. And, and may, okay, this is so good that we're talking now. This is therapy for me because um, you guys have been incredibly responsive and we did go back and forth over that Memorial Day weekend. I was at a basketball tournament in Southern California and it was just, it was so nice where uh, Ryan's been incredible and you and you're like, try this or we found this and even finding little bugs that I think never, you never would have anticipated a, an apostrophe here or something there and just going back. And then, and then by Monday we had a podcast and, uh, and I really enjoyed it. But then at that point I did want to just drop into the you guys are awesome, you know, but then as I would record more, then I would think, oh, it'd be nice if I had this or this. And so I've been gingerly, you know, hey, guys, are you cool with more feedback? And it's always yes, please. And so mm-hmm. that, that is so that's what you're looking for. Absolutely. You know, we are I'm going to show you my phone. Okay. Um, we have uh, everybody on the team has a reminder on their phone. I don't know if you can see this, but it says we are 62 days from launch, 31 yes, days from release okay. candidate. And this, we're very aware of the situation of how critical a time we're in right now. So what that means is 62 days from the time we're recording this, we're going to go to an event called Podcast Movement in Orlando, which is sort of the de facto industry trade show for podcasting. So that's August 13th. That's our launch date. But before that, a month prior to that, we're going to be at Release Candidate, which you know from software means we're design complete, feature complete. So basically, we're going to say to the world, to the industry on july 13th we think this thing's pretty done please try mm-hmm. it and it's going to be c- continued to be free i know you've been testing an early version but yeah. it'll be design complete i know it's really ugly right now but we have an amazing ux and product manager who has a super solid design background she's done some beautiful work so not only from the perspective of how is it to use how intuitive is it how pretty is it but also some of the features we've talked about like being able to bring in remote guests yeah um, able to do some more processing on the audio, having some more planning guidance, all of that stuff will be done July 13th. So we're in a super critical time. And the more we get feedback from people like yourself who have been using it, the better we can get to that July 13th date. So I wish I could go back. I sent you an email this morning and I probably spent an extra 10 minutes making sure that it's like, now don't forget you guys are awesome, but uh, have you ever <laughs> thought about this? So from now on, it's like, look, Dan, you know, this yes. is bothering me, right? Yeah. This is not like, this is not like being in a relationship. We don't want the compliment sandwich. We don't want, uh, you know, whatever it is, a hundred to one appreciations to negative comments. Yeah. So Uh, no emotionally focused therapy. No, here I'm my emotional bid and I want you to treat it well. Now that's how I work with our team. But as far as, you know, your feedback to us on how we can get better, we just want to hear the unvarnished ways that we suck so we can fix those ways that we suck. Okay, we're not we going to feel bad about ourselves. Clips. That's the clip that we need uh, to kind of promote this episode, right? I, I do want to know, and I don't, I, and I, you know, I was really anxious to just talk. I wanted to know what got you into this. Podcasting has been, uh, you were formerly Podcraft. I don't know a lot about what that was. I want to I hear kind of what led you to this now. I, I've been listening to podcasts for a decade. 
but it does seem like the last year or so they, I mean, it's, it is what it just growing by leaps and bounds. So give us the background. Yeah. Great question. And I'm going to try, I'm, I'm raising money right now. So I'm going to try not to do too much of my standard robot pitch here. Oh, gotcha. So forgive okay. me that, if right. it this feels is, rehearsed. Virtual couch exclusive. I, yeah. I mean, I, you know, you and I go way back now, Dan. I yeah, wanna, so, I so, no, uh, let me, let me put a disclaimer on here. No offer to invest is being solicited from the listening audience here because we don't want to get in trouble with the sec. All right. I will um, put away my wallet and continue. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal. I spent 15 years developing audio technology products and going back all the way to the beginning of my story. I'm about music. I'm about sound. I'm a drummer. I went to Berkeley college of music for oh, drums. Okay. Yeah. So I have a degree in music business and, um, a specific focus in music products. So from there, I went and worked for the world's lar- largest cymbal company, Zildjian in Boston. Wow. And then I spent the next 15 years in technology working for companies like Sennheiser, which is a really high-end microphone company. I was the product manager for Neumann, which is their super high-end studio microphone brand. Wow. I built products for companies like Alesis, uh, Steel Series gaming headsets, Mark Levinson, $300,000 home stereo systems, and then worked on a partnership between JBL and Under Armour to build sport audio products. So we, we did a, a headphone with a heart rate sensor in the earbud, wow. we did some sweatproof things. We worked with the rock. We made a headphone that uh, has the rocks voice when you turn it on and you can press the little button on the ear cup on the side while you're working out and talk to your gym bros while you're without having to take the headphones off. So nice. more or less 15 years, 75 products launched. If it can make or play back audio, I've worked on it. Okay. So that's, that's who I am just to kind of get a feel for where this story is going. Yeah. So I decide I want to start a business of my own. And this is something that I wanted to do for 10 years. I got an MBA because I wanted to have more business background before I made the leap. I started a business and I wanted to create a podcast for it. And I didn't want it to sound amateur and I didn't want creating and producing the podcast to take over my entire life. So I looked for a tool that would help me create something that sounded professional that would reduce the time spent on doing this. And I discovered there really only were tools for amateurs, tools for doing it yourself and spending 10 or 12 hours on the editing and production or or very expensive production studios where you might want to spend, you know, if you're a large company or a celebrity, you're going to spend $50,000 a year on getting your podcast done. And that's great. But as a small business, I didn't have $50,000 a year. And I discovered that you know, I probably have the background to do this. I have the education to do this. I have the industry connections to do this. So that's what led to starting what was then PodCraft that's now Oxbus. The entire middle market of podcasting sort of above consumer amateur and below okay. large brand celebrity high budget. And there really isn't any competition for us. I'm, now that I'm saying that, I'm sure other people will start to jump in and discover that we're pursuing a very unaddressed opportunity. Yeah. But really, I wanted to make it really easy because near the end of my career, I spent time building consumer audio and discovering having come from pro audio where things can be fairly complicated and people want to dig in and spend time and be an expert. Consumers, we were getting calls all day doing the JBL Under Armour thing, just how do I turn on my headphones? And I discovered that you can't just give regular people professional audio solutions that aren't intuitive. They need a lot of guidance and a lot of support. So I wanted to put all of the information of how do I plan? How do I record? How do I bring in remote guests? How do I produce? How do I distribute? I wanted to get that all in one place. And I also wanted to focus around saving maximum time because there are solutions that are focused around the easiest, which tend to be consumer and not so much about time savings or best, which tend to be very expensive. But I felt that the opportunity for, for business people particularly was you don't have a lot of time. All you want to do is be a subject matter expert like yourself. Yeah, that's you, don't exactly want to, 
You didn't get into this to be an audio editor. You didn't no. get into this to be an audio producer. You didn't get into this to book guests. You didn't get into this to write show notes. So our ambition is to automate all of the things except for you being the subject matter expert. So it's easy to sound good and it's very, very time efficient. And that's what we've been building for a year and a half and we're 60 days from launch now. We started as PodCraft. And one of the things that we discovered as we started building this platform and building the technologies that power it are the same technologies and the same problems to be solved with technology, not only apply to podcasts, but also other audio media. Okay. So things like audiobooks, webinars, voiceovers for video, a lot of the same technologies can be applied to those other places. And when we started to look at do people from those industries trust a name like PodCraft? We found that people didn't want a podcast-oriented name for those uh, other media. Okay. So Oxbus is the name that we've migrated to as of May 1st. And what Oxbus is in, in audio insider terms is okay. it's where you plug in all the stuff that takes the literal input from the microphone and makes it sound the way that you want it to sound at the output. So things like EQ and compressors and effects, those all plug into the auxiliary bus of a mixer or a recording system. So we are the aux bus. We make you sound the way that you want it to sound without having to do it yourself. And, okay. And that is now, if I think about why I was so drawn to just clicking and then starting was I, I don't do a lot with production of my podcast and, uh, and I even hear other podcasts talk about the hours they spend or they have a producer. And sometimes I feel like, hey, I'm blowing it. But then, you know, I get nice feedback. And so I do feel like what I saw there, I, I want an intro. I want a teaser. I want music between things. And, and just it takes me forever to do that if I'm trying to just, I don't know, if I'm trying to make that happen on my own. So you're absolutely right. So, uh, okay, that makes sense. But then when you talk about the... Um, the market you're, you're trying to reach is that, I mean, cause I hear that there's six, what is it? 600,000 podcasts out there. I mean, is that a huge market? So there were 700,000 podcasts as of a couple of months ago. <sighs> okay. That's okay. up from a hundred thousand in 2015, 250,000 in 2017 and about 500,000 mid last year. So it's growing fast. The growth wow. rate is accelerating, but if you think of it in terms of mass media, which we're now at a mass medium for podcasts, one in three Americans listens every month, one in four right. listens every week. There are somewhere between 30 and 50 million YouTube channels. So there's lots of opportunity for upside here. And I think from our perspective, we think there's going to be 3 million podcasts by 2025, you know, okay. one for every 10 YouTube channels. So there's almost 10 X growth opportunity from where we are today in the next eight years. So okay. I think it's still early. This is a medium that's been around for 15 years, but it's been a hobby medium until about three years ago, four years ago when Serial came out from NPR and kind of had this crossing into the cultural mainstream moment. Yeah. It was also kind of supported by the fact that every iPhone comes with the podcast app pre-installed. That was that same year, 2015. So that was a really big gear. Okay. And now we're in this place in the podcast industry where not only is venture capital flowing into the industry to fund new companies that are solving problems to make both the creation and consumption sides of podcasting better for listeners. Uh, but also we're seeing consolidation in the industry. We're seeing companies exit. You know, there are companies like Gimlet Media from New York that, that was acquired by Spotify and a handful of others. And we're in this time where this, this industry is really becoming a real professional industry as opposed to a cottage industry that was there to support hobbyists who were doing this for fun, you know, talking for three hours about Fortnite in their mom's basement. Right. Now yeah. it's people like you who are using podcasting as a way to share what's unique about you without having to buy a bunch of Facebook ads. And, and that's yeah. really what we specialize in. It's content marketing for businesses who want something that is 
deeper, richer, more authentic than social media and more portable than a blog. You know, you can't take a blog in the car while you're driving or on the treadmill while you're working out, but podcasts are kind of like that. They fit in between social media and blogging in a way that is content marketing that shows who you are, who your personality is, what your brand's about without being so varnished and fake and temporary as social media can be. Well, I love that too. And I do feel like, uh, you know, as I have clients in front of me, I do like having as a therapist, a lot of times people think that I'm just their, their paid best friend. And so that I'm just telling them what they want to hear a lot. And I love being able to say, Hey, I've got half a dozen podcasts on this topic and I have interviews with experts and I, you know, so you can go hear that, that this isn't just some hollow praise. I, I like that, but I'll tell you what I didn't anticipate is, um, so as I have a guest on, and if they have a following, then that guest, if I connected with them, then their people then go find my, you know, back catalog. And I just never anticipated the, like this funnel, like upward growth mm-hmm. with, with, with a podcast to the point where I feel like in, in, in essence, this is what I always wanted, but it's also something that now I, I don't, I can't respond to all the feedback that, and, and so I can't even imagine those large podcasts and what that, that is a business then I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, cause I come from music. I like to think of things in terms of music industry terms and the back catalog is how traditionally artists make their money. You know, you put wow. out a new record and people go to the show and they listen to the new record from the Rolling Stones. But that whole back catalog of all the things they did in the 70s and 80s, people are still buying those, people are still listening to those. And those are passive. Those are things you already did, but they're still making you money or getting you audience. And I think that's really what podcasting is about. You know, we get customers, sometimes they come to us and say, I want to do a six episode series of my podcast and be done. But the reality is exactly what you said. If you have a long back catalog, you know, you've got the tip of the iceberg of the episode that you just released this week, but you can always refer back to in episode 104, we talked about something similar to this and that whole back catalog has this, this uh, amplifying nature to not only you get better, it gets easier for you. You get better uh, in terms of finding your voice as a broadcaster, refining your technique and your interviewing skills, things like that. But also you have this whole back catalog that you can slice and dice into clip shows and redo content or go revisit topics and think about has my position on this topic evolved over time. And having that back catalog is really great because it creates a record of where you were back then. And it also enables somebody like you to scale your message. You know, as a therapist, you can talk to one person at a time. As a podcast therapist, you can talk to virtually unlimited people at a time, you know, 93 million Americans every month listen to podcasts. So, um, we, one of our first customers, uh, a fellow relationship counselor here in town, that's exactly what he wanted to get into podcasting for. He said, I'm so tired of every hour of my time. I can talk to one, two people at a time, you know, in a typical relationship, maybe it's three or four here in Nashville because we're very accepting (laughs) alternative relationships, but You know, he wanted to be able to scale his time better. He didn't want to be always listening and talking to one or two people at a time. He wanted to be able to reach more people and get his message to more people. And he's a really magical guy in terms of the way that he uses his words. And he's just a naturally gifted speaker. It would be great to connect the two of you. And that was another point that you made was the ability to share audiences and crossover where you have guests who have audiences appearing on each other's shows. That's a great way to grow audience because basically you're just exposing a synergistic group of people to, to what you do and you're exposing your group of people to what they do. And that's a, that's a great strategy to grow your audience. Well, so then you were saying uh, that you, you have those plans as well of being able to integrate 
the, the guest interviews and those things more efficiently? Yeah, so we don't have this today. So we're doing this on a different technology. But by the time we launch, we will have a feature built into our platform where you can bring in a remote co-host or guest automatically. Just push a button. It'll send a link to them. They'll log in. Actually, no, no login. Just click the link and you'll be wow. connected. And the thing that we're doing that's different from something like a Skype or a Zoom where we're just having a real-time conversation over the internet yeah. is that we're actually recording each participant locally. So it's just like we were all in the same studio room together. Mm-hmm. We combine automatically combine each of those recordings. So if I'm here in North Carolina and you're there in California and there are three other people we're talking to, you know, we've tested this with up to eight people on four different continents at the same time and they automatically get combined and it sounds like they're all in the same room. It doesn't have that internet garbage sound, it doesn't have that those dropped packets and those distortions and the frequency loss. So it has the sound of local recording with the functionality of remote connection. I want that bad. I mean, my biggest fear is, is what we're doing right now and that all of a sudden it's going to start lagging. And one of the Right. One of the interviews I did with uh, someone who had a, a tremendous following on Instagram, it's the, it had so much just hesitation and lag and cut, cutting out. And it just broke my heart because I thought we, we covered the material well. So I can't wait for something like that. Give us somewhere between one and three months and we'll, we'll have it for you and you'll be the first to get to test it. Nice. Okay. But, and so, so were you, I mean, were you impressed by the amount of people that were impulsively trying the product or, or I mean, were you shocked that people are willing to then put their, you know, their, their recordings out there and hope that it works? We are super thrilled that people like you are not only willing to try us out, but also publish with our beta version of the software. It's incredibly rewarding to see that real world people who have done a, you know, a good catalog of podcasts who have a process in place that works are willing to try something different because we know it's much easier for us to acquire a customer who's not podcasting today, who doesn't have a system in place, right. than to get somebody to switch from something that already works. Because if we know podcasters, if you already have something in place that works, you've got your system, your tools, your workflow, it works. It's really hard to get a podcaster to switch. Whereas somebody new coming in who doesn't have anything established, if they like what we're doing, we've got them. But for somebody like you to switch is the most incredible validation because... Uh, not only is it not done very clearly, if you log in today to app.auxbus.com, you'll see that it, you know, there's no pretty face on it. It's, it's something that was built by an engineer and not a designer, but it works. Yeah. And that's the most incredible validation. So yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly appreciative to you and and a couple of other customers or a couple of other users who have jumped on and, and, and published podcasts using the platform and the number of users who are, have been willing to try it out and sign up for accounts. I mean, we added 40% new users in the last two weeks just okay. by putting it in Pod News and some other industry publications. We haven't spent a dime on marketing. And wow. to grow users like that just based on shipping features is incredibly, incredibly rewarding to us. Um, are you, now, are you telling features. all the other guys that they're the Neil Armstrong of your company as well? Or is that one just reserved to me? Well, you're Neil. Uh, okay. we've, got, we've got a, a writing coach named Joyce Glass. I don't know if it's okay for me to drop oh, her. Absolutely. Name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's our Buzz Aldrin. She's okay. number two. So okay. you, you two have a special place in our hearts. You two will get uh, Oxbus t-shirts as soon as they come in from the printers. And nice. we will forever be in your debt for being our first test pilots. So I guess that's a, a, a thank you for my attention deficit disorder. I mean, there's a positive of ADD, right? So that's a good thing. Um, that uh, just uh, the quick impulse. Yeah, and, and just willingness willingness to try new things and, and allow your cheese to be moved. 
Yeah, no, but I do like what you're saying though. If if you if I had if I didn't already have a podcast and someone said, "Here's how you do a podcast," then I would have me personally, I would have said, "Oh, okay," and I would have tried right. to make it work within that. But you're right because now again, the email that I don't know if you've read it this morning. I mean, it was I, I threw out a lot of things that here's what I typically do, and I felt bad saying that, but I appreciate that you're saying that that's a good thing. Hey, tell me about your podcast. What when you were saying you were going to start one? Did did you do a lot of episodes of it? Is it out there still? What was that like for you? It's still out there. It's called Drum Showroom. It is the only drum gear specific podcast. So if you've ever wow. listened to NPR has a show called how I built this, which yeah, is stories of founders. So basically yeah. that's what it was. It was about founders of drum companies and their stories. Wow. Um, I was, I was working on a drum company. I wasn't sure what it was going to be. We'd looked at a couple of things in manufacturing. We looked at a couple of things with artificial intelligence to try to improve the retailing experience. Because right now, if I want to go on Sweetwater or, uh, guitar center or even just Amazon to buy a new cymbal or a new snare drum, I have to pick through and read the different descriptions of those instruments. And the same for, for other acoustic instruments like guitars, you have to parse the marketing copy to figure out what they sound like. There's no way to actually, you know, buy based on their attributes. So we thought, could we train machine learning and ultimately artificial intelligence to say, I have a Martin CF, whatever guitar. I want something that's a little brighter. Can you give me recommendations based on, you know, these are my three favorite musicians. These are my three favorite guitar players or something like that. So that was what we were looking at was, could we do an artificial intelligent musical instrument retail experience? And I very quickly realized I didn't really have the credibility or the experience to do any of that stuff, but also in trying to do the podcast for the show and reestablish myself, sorry, do the podcast for the business and try to reestablish myself as somebody who was trustworthy and knowledgeable in the industry, I really quickly discovered the state of the tools that even though I'd spent my entire adult life in audio technology, it was still incredibly hard, incredibly time consuming to, to create podcasts that didn't sound amateur for me. And obviously coming from an audio background, my standards are fairly high. So, you know, fairly perfectionist, but at the same time, I knew there had to be a better way. (laughs) Well, and I like that because it's like uh, yesterday, it came up twice in separate sessions, the whole stay in your lane concept. I mean, it wasn't done in a positive way when it was coming up in these, but it's that thing where I like what you're saying. When I hear uh, pop psychology or pseudoscience or those sort of things, I mean, it just it is nails on a chalkboard, you know, but, but, I'm, but if my white noise machine won't turn off in the building, I'm like, nah, well, but for you, if you're hearing the white noise in the background, is that, is that nails on the chalkboard for you? Well, I, I don't know if we mentioned this on this recording or if we just talked about this before we got started, but we're about to launch a new feature probably next week. And by the time this comes out called intelligent audio. Okay. So some of the sound processing that we're doing today is sort of minimum viable sound processing to use a startup kind of, uh, term. But what we're launching early next week is going to do a lot of different things in terms of adjusting dynamic range, optimizing the sound of your microphone, removing some problem frequencies. And in the future, part of the ambition that I brought over from the original drum startup was, can we make this processing intelligent? And if you have your white noise machine on, can we detect that and remove it? Okay. That would be incredible. I mean, I, I, right now then, uh, and it's, uh, love i moved and i love the people in the building but the white noise is it's, mm-hmm. i was able to lobby to have it for you know off uh, between uh 4 8 a.m in the morning and after 7 p.m so mm-hmm. i tried to do my podcast early to have that off but uh, i didn't even think there was any such way to get something like that removed so so do we wait on this episode until after that or do i do i do a before and after do we do some comparisons i mean will it be that say will it be that dramatic or, or that you know that it's, difference it's, it's pretty good from from uh, the 
from the in-development version that we've been playing with. It's pretty good. Oh, I can't wait. You know, a couple of the problems that podcasts tend to have with audio mm-hmm. are not, it doesn't sound good enough. You know, it's not, we're not podcasting for audio files. Yeah. It's not, you're sitting in your perfectly treated room in your perfectly positioned chair with your speak. You know, podcasting is a multitasking medium. People listen to podcasts by and large while doing other things. Absolutely. So our goal from an audio perspective is not make it sound like you recorded it at NPR studios. It's make it so that the audio is not distracting from the message. I like so that. You know, it's kind of like the 80-20 rule of 80% of the things that we do to audio get us most of the way there in 20% of the time. So that last 20%, you know, getting 80% of the way there with 20% of the effort, that last 20% is really just for for me as the audio guy. Uh, And it's the same way going back to my drum background picking that last that last 20% of picking the right snare drum or picking the right cymbals for the drum set, it's really for me. It's not for the audience. Yeah, yeah they're here. There are drums and they sound good. They can tell if they sound bad, but anything beyond just getting to good is, is probably just for me. And I think it's the same way for audio. It's, can we make it so that the audio is not noticeable? Honestly, yeah. it's, can we remove the variations, sirens going by in the background, your coughs yeah. and sneezes? Um, one of the things that was launched last week at Apple's worldwide developer conference is a tool for helping develop machine learning for classifying sounds. And this is something that we've been toying with in the background too. So one of the things we'll be working on next year is classifying sounds like coughs and sneezes, or I bumped into the microphone. I'll give you an example and you can decide whether you want to keep this in or not, but that this kind of thing, um, can we classify those sounds and automatically remove those with software? Wow. Okay. And then beyond that, can we turn that into artificial intelligence, learning the way that you individually speak and figuring out your crutch words, your ums, your likes, your you knows. Okay. So if I'm always saying right, right, then we can get rid of right, right? Or or give you the ability to say, I want to take out 75% of my rights or 50% of my rights. Or or just gaps in speech or when somebody, because I've interviewed people where there is a pause before they answer. Right. Right. So that's an example of audio getting in the way of the content where- We've all talked to somebody who, as they're thinking through their answer, they add pauses in there. We can do that fairly soon. I don't want to say now. We're not quite there yet. But that's something that we think we can execute really quickly. But in the short term, it's dealing with levels. It's, you know, we've all listened to podcasts where, you know, there's two people talking and one person's much louder than the other. So you've got to sit there and ride the volume button and turn it up when one person talks and turn it down. So we're solving that we're solving for problem frequencies. So things like if you have a resonant frequency in your room that every time I speak, I light up the room and it it might be hard for some people listening to understand what I'm getting at, but we're just trying to get the audio from being distracting from the message to go to, to make that go away. And that's really the goal in the short term. And I think it's pretty powerful in terms of dynamics, in terms of listenability, in terms of fatigue on your ears. We've all mm-hmm. listened to podcasts where it's very ringy in the room, or there's a lot of high frequency that can be very fatiguing to your ears. So the goal right now is just to make the audio disappear. I love it. You know, yesterday I was very vulnerable in a recording, but I, I, uh, my allergies are bad. And I, you know, I, in hindsight, I think I needed to use an inhaler and I found myself just doing a whole lot of that heavy breathing and, uh, and it was driving me nuts. I'm starting to focus on that. And, uh, and so, I mean, I, I love the concept of where you were talking about a day where any of that could be taken care of. Yeah, that's, that's really the goal. And and I think breath noises are another one of those sounds that we can categorize and reduce or remove eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm doing it right now. 
just because I'm in the moment. But if you watch a professional broadcaster, which I'm not, you know, if you go, for example, there's a retail site called BSW Broadcast Supply Worldwide. We buy some of our equipment from them and you watch their product videos and yeah. you can watch how a professional announcer or disc jockey speaks. They're very intentional with how they shape their consonants. And wow. you'll always hear them say BSW. Oh, and and they breathe off the mic and they are able to reduce their pops and their sibilants because those are trained speakers. And one of the challenges that we have in building podcast software to make that the audio distractions go away is that we're dealing with people who are not trained speakers yeah. who don't have even the mic technique to know I should be close to the microphone because it sounds different when yeah. I'm close to the microphone than when I'm far away from the microphone. People just often you see presenters at events who just think the microphone is a magic wand. And if it's in the same room that they are, it's going to pick them up. And when you do a mic demo where you hold it out far from you and you talk, Oh yeah they instantly have this visceral reaction that, oh, that's how I use a microphone. That's totally me. And I mean, I'm one of those guilty enough where I thought if I bought the microphone that all the podcasters bought, I'm golden, you know, and that covers the whole room. And so even when you yeah. just pulled away right there, and by the way, this entire podcast, if somebody does go watch it on the YouTube channel, I'm getting a, cr a cramp in my back because I've, I've leaned over this entire time. Yeah. So, I mean, I am learning, but now I, I realize I got to get a better chair. I got to get a better mic, all those kind of things, but this is good. This is really what good. What mic are you using by the way? Um, it's, uh, the blue, it's the Yeti, right? Okay. So here's something that you didn't know about the blue Yeti. Okay. It is not an end address microphone. So this, I don't this even know what that means. So I'll show you. So this is an end address microphone. This is like a handheld microphone that you'd use on stage and the sound okay. goes in the end. The uh -huh. Yeti is a side address microphone. So you actually want to talk into the side of a Yeti. Oh boy. So turn that around around so that the logo is facing you oh me okay turn that turns to the logos facing you and that's the direction the sound is supposed to go in the front and not the end so i've probably been doing it the wrong way the entire time yeah right Man. So, okay dan so, so so if this is your yeti this is my <laughs> yeah. water bottle so if okay. this is your yeti the sound doesn't go in here it goes in here I, I, I didn't even know that's the way my, I thought every microphone was so this point. Thing. So point the end of the microphone away from you. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oh yes. Right. Kind of maybe. Can you, uh, can you bring the, can you <laughs> angle the camera down so we can see what you're doing and I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, talk here, here, through here. it. Got right I got here. you. This is exciting for uh, the, yeah. okay. So point, Instead of pointing the top of the microphone toward you, point yeah. the mic top of the microphone away from you. Because ah, the sound goes go. in the front. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay. So you're already better. Okay. And the closer you can get to it, you know, you can raise it up on a couple of books or they make yeah. an arm for it. That will dramatically improve the sound of your Okay. Your voice. See, and what's funny is I bought the arm because I thought it looked cool. I bought the pop mm -hmm. filter, but then I'm using it completely incorrect. I can't wait. The, the next episode is going to be so incredibly... Uh, uh, but then you're going to release the version of your software that then will make it sound amazing anyway. So, so one of the things that we're doing, and, and again, I come from the audio industry and I have a really strong network of contacts in audio manufacturing. So we're working to build some partnerships with some brands. Blue is one of them. We're talking okay. with Harman, which is JBL and AKG and a couple of other brands. And what we're looking to do is specifically integrate popular pieces of hardware into our platform. So if we know what microphone you're using, like a Blue Yeti or, or like uh, even some headphones, for example, we oh, can optimize okay. that hardware for yeah. our platform. So because it's connected digitally over USB or over Bluetooth, we know what the hardware is and we can write custom audio DSP 
to make that microphone or those headphones sound their best for podcasting. So that's another layer that we're working on in the background. So I, okay. And now the whole vision is, is becoming more and more clear because it, and I think I shared in this email to you today that what I do like about it is again, it made me feel instantly like, um, my podcast was going to be more produced or well-produced and not just a, uh, I hope this works and it's worked so far. And so right. that is kind of what I really liked. That's great. And one of the other things to that point that we're working on for future release, this will be after we launch in August, is custom analytics for business owners. So one of the questions that we hear from customers all the time is, how do I know that it's working? How do I know that I'm getting good return on my investment in podcasting, whether that's money or time? And the the statistics that are available on podcasting today are, you know, uh, I had 300,000 people listen to this episode at this time of day was the best time. This day of the week was the best. I had 34 people in Zimbabwe listen to it on Wednesday. And that's not really that useful for a business to be able to measure success. So we're actually building some proprietary analytics specifically for business people to add a layer of uh, measurability or metricability. I don't think think either of those are words, but I think you get the point. You know, ultimately we're trying to develop a metric for ROI on podcasting, you know, kind of like, um, our version of Zillow's Zestimate. And, uh, one of the things that we've discovered is most podcast software is targeted to either consumers or professional creators, but not businesses. So there's a different set of analytics that are appropriate for business people than for consumers or, you know, people who are trying to be celebrities as podcasters versus people who are trying to build their brand and bring audience to their site or whatever they do. Which that makes so much sense. And by the way, it sounds different. My recording right now in my headphones on this side of it does. It's it sounds much more rich. I feel like I'm more of a DJ. Yeah. I want to. I do want to enunciate my consonants quite a bit more right now. Um, but but the data. I just did post an Instagram post of uh, after um, hitting a million downloads, and to me that was really cool. But but you're right. It's uh, I don't know what to do with that data, and I do look at the little map, and there are guys in Africa listening, and I think wow, that's cool. But then. I don't know what else to do with that. And so I like what you're saying there because I'm not taking advantage of what to do with that for sure. Yeah. And, and hey, congratulations yeah. on a million. That is a huge milestone. You know, the yeah. average podcast lasts somewhere between six and 12 episodes and it gets, you know, under a hundred listens. So that is a tremendous, you're very kind. congratulations. No, you're very kind. And that was the part of me that I couldn't wait. And I didn't even start doing the stats uh, on the stat thing for about four or five months. So I mean, I, I believe it's probably larger, but that was, I did, I was so happy about that. But then I know that the larger podcasts are getting, you know, that many in a, in a download or two. So, you know, trying to keep it in perspective, Dan, you know, not letting it get to my head. Right. Well, yeah, it, it, it depends on who you're trying to reach, what your goal is. You know, if you want to be a celebrity, numbers are really important, yeah. but if your goal is to build your brand or build your audience or build high quality engagement, the numbers of downloads may not be that important. The quality of the interactions might be more important. And that's one of the things that we try to strive for in our social media approach, where we're not trying to build an audience of 100 million followers. While we'd love to have 100 million followers, we care much more about how much interaction, how much engagement, how much community is there in those parts of our marketing. It's much more important to us because we'd rather have a thousand true fans than 100 million people who are just, you know, bots. Well, I got to tell you, that's what I love to, uh, if you go to your website, which is oxbus.com or on your Facebook page, or, uh, you guys immediately took the clip of me complaining about what happened the first time that I used your stuff and you, you, it's right there. And you even have the quote that I didn't even realize I had said of, you know, I think I said something like I freaked out or I really did or something like that. So I love it. And, and, uh, Ryan's post was great. Cause he was saying, 
that was awesome. You know, he broke it and we fixed it and here's what he said. And here's the audio clip. So, I mean, that just is so refreshing. It really is. Yeah. One of the scary things about this company becoming a real company and sort of graduating from a really early stage startup is, and this is my first startup, so I'm learning how to CEO and I'm learning how to build a team, but I didn't even know Ryan was writing that blog post until it was live. So really? this is one of those things where, you know, Skynet is becoming aware that the company's building things without me knowing about them. And to some degree, I should know about that, but to some degree, it's really rewarding that an engineer would stop his work building the software to write about the experience because it was so rewarding having an interaction with, with a user customer like you oh. uh, that it's incredible to, to be at this point, you know, where to this point until we started to build this team, you know, it was me and it was, everything was on my shoulders. And if I didn't do it, it didn't get done. And now I'm so fortunate to have a group of 14 people that are aligned on the mission and the vision and just working every day to build this thing that we're, you know, trying to build for, podcasters like yourself, you know, the oh, reason nice we do what we do is that's what we were talking about in the, in those posts was to make people like you happy. Well, and Ryan's been, uh, that's been a lot of fun. That's fun to hear a behind the scenes story like that, that you didn't even know. And that it didn't have to go through like this uh, meeting where are we going to say this? Or are we not going to say this? Cause you know, he's, he's one of those that I love. I'm getting an email back from him at midnight, you know, and it's like, what about this? What about, and I, I don't know. I just love that stuff. And maybe that was my startup background as well. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Hey, yeah, real quick before, been, uh, before I let you go. So I was, so here's my true confession as well. When you guys got back to me and I was, I just thought that was so impressive. And we put the episode together only then when I, when I was like, Hey, I would love to have you on my podcast. I do a little digging and, and, you know, I, I just didn't really realize, I mean, this is a big deal. You've got a lot of people on your, so your team of 14 that they have a ton of background. I mean, this is a, this is hoping to be a, a, I imagine a very, I don't know if large company is the right thing, but I mean, a very, uh, what, what's the right word? But I mean, you have a lot of heavy hitters with a lot of experience. It's not just a, a mom pa kind of startup. It, it seems like. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, our ambition isn't necessarily to be a big company, mm -hmm. but our ambition is to build world-class solutions for, for podcasters and other people who are making audio. You know, mm -hmm. I came from a background working for small companies, working for medium-sized companies, working for a fortune 500 company that was acquired by Samsung. So really large with, you know, well into the five figures and employees and size isn't really what gets me excited. It's how many people can we touch and how can we create, you know, real meaningful value for the people who use the products that we build. So, you know, it's not about, we're not going out and raising a hundred million dollars in venture capital. Uh -huh. We're going to be very responsible with how we raise money and how we finance the business. Uh, we're not bootstrapped. Um, we, we do have some really, strategic investors helping us build the company, but we're trying to do something that really has lasting value. And, you know, we, you always get asked by investors, what's your exit strategy? And, right. and obviously there's acquisition, there's IPO. Those are the only two real options for exit strategy aside from winding the company down. Mm -hmm. But it's really important to me that in either of those scenarios, we build something that lasts, that contributes to audio because I wouldn't have spent 15 years building audio products and only been, in audio if audio wasn't really important to me. Yeah. And I feel the same way about this company. It's not about buying a private island and retiring at 45. That would be nice, but it's not the reason I get up in the morning and go and do the work. You know, it's really about contributing to how audio is created. And for me, I have spent my entire career in audio and this is the first time it's cool when you tell people you work in audio. You know, I lived through this 15 years of audio being this afterthought after video video was the cool thing for the right. last 10 years. And now all of a sudden audio is where everybody's going because
because of things like Siri and Alexa. We were all want to get our eyes off our screens and have more eyes up experiences looking at the world. And people feel more overwhelmed. They want to be able to consume information while they're doing other things like driving. So it's incredibly rewarding for me as somebody who was doing this afterthought thing in audio for so long to now be doing something that is resonating with so many people. Pun fully intended on resonating. Um, very well done. That's very well pun. Joke. Okay, that's that's going to be the part two um, of the podcast but, down but, the road though. I mean, is that you're from speaking to a therapist. I mean, I changed careers because I wanted to do what I was passionate about. You're getting to do this thing that you're passionate about. And I, I'm just... I will, I will go to my grave saying that, uh, there is nothing like, you know, it's not the, oh, it never feels like work, but, but it's like, it just feels so much more authentic. I, I think you probably agree just doing something that you really do feel passionate about and not just, oh, it's a job. Yeah. The term I like to use is founder market fit. And okay. I was really, really fortunate that I found fit with the audio market really early in my career, starting mm-hmm. with musical instruments and discovering audio technology really early on. And I think that the work feels authentic and genuine if you really care about what you're doing. And I think that there's lots of people who in their career may never find, you know, employee market fit or founder market fit. And I just feel incredibly lucky that from age 12 or 13, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something in music or audio or sound. And I've been very fortunate to have a really good career doing just that and now have had this opportunity of, as you said, podcasts becoming this golden medium mm-hmm. and that leading to a rise across all of audio technology and being in the right place at the right time with the right opportunity slapping me in the face, being able to be at a place where my wife and I were able to make this leap together because you know this is not just me, this is our livelihood that we put at stake, not taking you know, any, any salary or wages for, for the last two years, um, just having the right situation, the right timing with the medium. And also having, as you mentioned, this incredible team of people who are willing to come along with me and take in some cases, two thirds below market rate for what they should be making. for what they do. Okay. Yeah. You know, working for equity, working for, uh, owning part of the business. I mean, it's incredibly, rewarding to see that the team that has been willing to follow me on this and be willing to take way below market wages and work around the clock nights, weekends, Memorial day weekend to help build this thing, not necessarily because of the financial opportunity, but because what we're doing is meaningful. Like that's, that's it. That's the thing. Dan, uh, Dan Raiden, my guest, I now have to go back to a session. I, this is uh, where the part that I wish I could podcast professionally. That would be a wonderful thing. And maybe Oxbus <laughs> is going to get me there. Right. That's my hope. Um, we'd love to. All right, we, hey, we'd love you. for you to outgrow us and go okay, on to one I, of the production companies that you spend fifty grand a year on. That is a that is a goal. That is a deal. So, Dan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I you know I'd love to have you on down the road as well. And uh, thanks for the uh, being very open and authentic about the whole thing. And not you know I don't feel like that was a a commercial at all. That was uh, that was real. So I, I appreciate your time. It, it felt a little commercial, but uh, I hope you, it wasn't too pitchy for your audience. Not at all. All right. Hey, I'm going to hit uh, stop, but uh, hang um, on just one second. Okay. Or, or do you want one more thing to say? I was just going to say thank you so much, oh. Tony, for being, again, our, our Neil Armstrong, for taking a chance on us, for giving us the opportunity, and, and, and for uh, promoting us within your network, for being the first to publish a podcast on our platform before it's even done. That's pretty cool. I could I'm not excited. be more grateful. No, no problem. Yeah, I could not be more grateful to you 
for taking a chance on us and helping us feel like what we're building actually solves real problems for real people like yourself. So yeah, uh, I could not appreciate you more. Thank you for everything that you're doing to help us feel like what we're building is meaningful and important to people. That's no, very kind. All right. Thanks, Dan. Hang on one second. Bus.